0: lovely day today praise god just, we're getting through this winter and uh, it's gonna be great it's good weather coming praise the lord hallelujah father we just love you this morning we're so glad that we call that you've called us lord that you've saved us that you've anointed us and use us in this earth use us for your glory O oh god as we serve you as we walk after you with all of our hearts I pray for your word this morning to encourage us, strengthen us, empower us. I thank you for your spirit that indwells us and blesses us. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Thank you, Lord. We're going to start this morning in Hebrews, uh, Hebrews chapter 10, and see where God takes us. Praise the Lord. Hebrews 10 and verse 35. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has a great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. There's a theme that runs through the Bible that when, when, you, when you reference it or when you study it, it, it uses words like perseverance, uh, endurance, endurance. Long suffering, patience like those kind of words—and uh, it's a characteristic that God wants all of us to have. God wants us to be strong spiritually, to be tough, because we live on a corrupted. You know, we live on a corrupted planet. I was thinking—I've heard testimonies of people who've gone to heaven. It's like you can't—you can't believe how. Uh, much better it is there than it is here. There's no darkness in heaven. There's no oppression. There's no fear. There's no, there's, it's, it's only life and blessing and glory and joy. There's nothing of darkness there. There's a lot of darkness on the earth, and we, we're just so used to living with it. It doesn't, it doesn't seem to bother us that much, but we, we live in this oppressed atmosphere. Rick Joyner, in one of his books, I forget which one, he said, The angels were always in awe of the people on earth. He said, because in spite of all the darkness, they gather together and they worship and praise God. He said, we worship and praise God because there's nothing to interfere. There's no, no heaviness here, nothing. It's so easy to praise God. But on earth, they have to, they, he said, they're amazed that we can do that. But we do it anyway, praise the Lord. And uh, hallelujah. But God wants us, God wants us to, to know what it is to be, to be uh, God wants a grittiness about his people. That we're not easily defeated. That we're, we can hang in there. That we're that we're kind of we, we, when trials of the of the world come, when difficult times come or struggles come, that we just something in us rises up and says, "No, we're going through this in Jesus' name," and we're going through and we're coming out victorious in the name of Jesus. Because it's something we you know We're not, we're not just going to get into all self-pity. We're not just going to throw up our hands and get mad at God. We're going to tackle this thing. We're going to. We're going to defeat it in Jesus' name. God wants us to be strong in the spirit and the power of his might. Words. There's a word, there's a word that's translated very often in scripture, to endure or to persevere. And it means to, it means to bear up courageously under suffering. When hard times come, we just go for it. In James chapter 1 and verse 12, it says, Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial. For once he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Blessed is the man who perseveres, under, who doesn't come apart, who doesn't just fall apart, but he just he rises up and he tackles that thing in Jesus' name. And then the a word that sometimes is translated patience. Depending on your translation, depending on, uh, whether you read the King James or the NIV or whatever, it may be a little bit different, but it's the same word. And, it, and sometimes it translates quality. The patience is that quality that does not surrender to circumstances. You know, it just lives for God. And then, and then there's a word that the, the King James uses quite often. It's long-suffering. And I like that word. you know what long-suffering means? It means to suffer long. Not too hard, but listen. I love I love this definition. I just I like looking up words. I just they just bless me when I when I understand what they mean. It says long suffering is that quality of restraint in the face of provocation. So when you're provoked, you're, you 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 don't just come apart. You you restrain yourself at least for a while. <laughs> and that, that quality in the face of provocation that does not hastily retaliate or promptly punish. You know, when I, I, I like to go online and, and see what's happening around the country, it's kind of like the news. And uh, boy, I tell you, I see things that just really bother me. Pe- people are so hasty to retaliate about the littlest provocation. I read something. I read something. Some I told my wife. I said, "You gotta hear this. This is this is absolutely nuts." Two brothers. I'll just call him Brother O is the older brother. Brother Y is the younger brother. They have a friend over. Brother, you know, friend F comes over to visit, and uh, friend F is a, is a is a friend of brother is the older brother's friend. They're both like 16, and the younger brother's like 12, and uh, the friend is uh, chatting. I don't know Snapchat or Facebook. He's he's having a conversation online with his girlfriend, and they're having a spat. So the 12-year-old kind of makes a wisecrack about the spat. So, so the friend pulls a gun and shoots him and kills him. It's like, this is crazy. The, all he did was make a wisecrack about you, the fact that you're having a little spat with your girlfriend, and you wasted the kid. I mean, it's like the littlest provocation, seems like, sets people off. I read about the other day, I read about two, two guys got in an argument at a checkout at some grocery store, and one of the guys pulls a gun and shot him and killed him. It's like, come on. What is happening? People are crazy. The littlest, the littlest thing sets them off. But God wants us to be, uh, at least, to be, to be somewhat restrained. To don't just fly off the handle at circumstances. But we, we're a little more. We're under control of the spirit, not of our flesh and our emotions. And all these, these, as believers, these qualities of endurance, perseverance, long suffering, and patience. These qualities should be present in our lives, and there's several places in Scripture uh, where these characteristics are demonstrated. But even though the word, the words themselves, are not used, the characteristic is demonstrated. I just want to look at a few of them this morning. Let's go to turn with me to Mark chapter five. Mark chapter 5, verse 25. It says, a woman who had an issue, the King James has an issue of blood. She had an issue of blood for 12 years and had endured much at the hands of many physicians and spent all she had and was not helped at all, but rather grew worse. After hearing about Jesus, she came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak, for I thought if I just touch his garments, I will get well. Immediately the flow of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Immediately, Jesus perceiving in himself that the power, that virtue had gone out from him, turned around and said, who touched me? And the disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing on you and you say, who touched me? And he looked around and saw the woman who had done this. But the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened, came and fell down before him. And told him the whole truth, and he said to her daughter, "Your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction." So here's this woman. She's, she's, technically unclean by Jewish standards. She shouldn't be out in public, but she's something. There's another. There's another uh, in another gospel that says she said within herself, "She she she was convinced that if I could just touch his garment, I'll be healed." But what happens? So she gets up and she goes, and there's just thousands of people following Jesus around. We know the thousands because at one point he, f- he fed 5,000 men, not including women and children. I mean, this huge crowd. So they're all pressing in on him. And what is she going to do? She can, she, can get, she can say, well, I got there and there's too many people. I couldn't get through. No, she, she said, I'm going, I'm going to touch him. I'm, I'm going to take a no for an answer. I'm, I'm going to press through the crowd. And She pressed through the crowd and touched his garment. And got it and jesus said who touched me and disciples like everyone's touched you what do you mean who touched me everyone's touching you but here's the key she touched him with the touch of faith you know and i thought it doesn't matter how many people uh, are not getting anything from god you can get something from God if you touch him with, your, with a touch of faith. If you approach him and say, Jesus, I believe that you are my Savior. I believe that you are my healer. I believe that you are my, whatever it is you need from God. And you touch him with a touch of faith and you, and you believe it and he'll, he'll bless you. He'll give you, what you, he'll give you what, what you desire. Another case, I don't have it written down in my notes, but I remember, remember there was people that had a friend who was a paralytic and they brought him to Jesus to heal him. But they couldn't get in the house because of the crowd. What'd they do? It's like, remember what they did? They went up on the roof, and they busted the roof open and let them down. It's like, God bless those guys. They weren't taking no for an answer. That's the way God wants us to be. He wants us, you know, somehow we're going to figure out how to get through this. We're not going to take no, we're not just going to get repulsed by the circumstances. We're going to do what has to be done in order to gain the victory. And that's what God wants He wants us to be kind of just gritty and determined to win. Hallelujah. That's what God wants. Let's look at another one. In Mark, turn with me to Mark chapter 10. In Mark chapter 10, in verse 46, it says, they came to Jericho. And as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a large crowd, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the road. When he heard that it was Jesus the Nazarene, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many were telling him to be quiet, but he kept crying all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him here. So they called the blind man and said to him, take courage, stand up, he's calling for you. Throwing aside his cloak, he jumped up and came to Jesus. In answering him, Jesus said, what do you want me to do for you? The blind man said, Rabboni, I want to regain my sight. And Jesus said said to him, go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and began to follow him on the road. So here's this blind man sitting by the road. And he, he doesn't see Jesus. He hears he just hears a commotion, and he says, "You know what's going on?" So says, "Well, it's Jesus of Nazareth." And all of a sudden, I feel like I can almost see this guy come alive. Jesus, this is my opportunity. This is my chance. I'm not going to let it go. I'm going to start. He starts hollering, "Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me!" Just hollering and hollering, and the people say, "Shut up! Just shut up! You're making a, you're making a scene. You're making a commotion." So "I don't care if I have to make a commotion. I'll make one as much as I have to in order to get what I." what I want from God. So he started out, just kept hollering. And finally, I don't know how long Jesus, Jesus must have heard him, but he said, bring him here. See, when, when the opportunity comes, you've got to take it. You can't just let it pass. by. you can say, well, I don't want to be, I want to make trouble. Sometimes you've got to be, sometimes you got to be a little bit bold and not be afraid to, to do what you have to do in order for the, for the victory to come in Jesus' name. I want to look at one other. I want to look at the Syrophoenician woman. I like this. I like her. Let's go to Matthew chapter 15. Matthew 15 and verse 21. Jesus went away from there. It says, withdrew into the district of Tyre and Sidon. And a Canaanite woman from that region came and began to cry out, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly demon-possessed. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and implored him, saying, Send her away because she keeps shouting us. But he answered and said, I was, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. So he wasn't, he didn't, Jesus didn't come for the Gentiles. The Gentiles would come later, but Jesus came for the house of Israel. So she she was kind of like, she wasn't included in his his assignment, you might say. I only came for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and began to bow down before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But she said, yes, Lord. But even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from the master's table. I tell you, that's one of the best lines in the whole Bible. I mean, here, I mean, he called her a dog. You know, in today's society, that would be on the internet all over the place. He, everybody would be demanding an apology. Oh, that was crude. That was rude. You need to apologize. I mean, every time, it seems like on I'm on online, everyone's having to apologize for everything they say. Today, it seems to me so many times, I'm sorry I get in my soapbox a little bit, but it's, it's worse to be... Uh, to be accused of being a racist and it is a murderer. But she she took what he said. She would not be offended. You know? She said, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spin this. I'm gonna turn to my advantage. He said, even the dogs eat what comes off the master's table. He said, Yes, Lord. She, said, yes. Yes, Lord. Even the dogs feed off the crumbs which come from the master's table. And Jesus said to her, O oh woman, your faith is great. It shall be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed at that hour. When Jesus taught on prayer, he taught persistence, perseverance. In Luke chapter 11. In Luke chapter 11, the disciples asked Jesus to teach them to pray. He taught them the Lord's Prayer. And then after that, he said to them in verse 5, and he said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and goes to him at midnight and says to him, friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me from from a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And from inside, he answers and says, do not bother me. The door has already been shut. And my children and I are in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence, and the and the word that King James uses the word importunity, but it means it means shameless persistence. It was I'm gonna knock on your door. And I'm gonna keep you're not going back to bed until you give me some bread. I'm knocking on your door. I'm gonna keep knocking until you get up and out. I don't care if you're in bed. Get up and give me something. Because of his shameless persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, ask. Now, I'm not a Greek scholar, but I've heard teachers say that the verb tense here is a continual present tense, which means ask and keep on asking. Knock and keep on knocking. Seek and keep on seeking. And if you do that, if you just be persistent in prayer, don't just pray once and give up. Pray and thank God. Pray and, pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray until until you break through, until the breakthrough comes. And you have that witness in your spirit that God is doing exactly what you need him to do, that the victory is yours in Jesus' name. It's won by persistent prayer. Persistent, shameless prayer. God, I'm coming to you and I'm gonna and I'm gonna come. And we don't we can't demand of God, but God honors our faith when we when we follow up on what we believe. And he also taught A similar teaching in Luke chapter 18, a few few chapters later. In Luke 18, it says he was telling them a parable to show them that at all times they ought to pray and not lose heart, saying, in a certain city there was a judge who did not fear God nor respect man. And there was a widow in that city and she kept coming to him saying give me legal protection for my opponent a while he was unwilling but afterwards for a while he was unwilling but afterwards he said to himself even though i do not fear god or respect man yet because this widow bothers me i will give her legal protection otherwise by her continual coming she'll wear me out and the lord said hear what the unjust judge said now will not god bring about justice for his elect who cry out to him day and night. And will he delay long over them? I tell you that he will, give, he will bring about justice for them speedily. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? But it says God will bring about justice for his elect, who cry out to him day and night, who pray and cry out to God, pray and cry out to God. God, here I am. My faith, I, I believe you. My faith is in you. I'm not giving up until I win the victory in Jesus' name. when persecution and affliction come some people just wither but god wants us to be tough god wants us to be strong you know i'll date i'll date i'll date this message today is february 13th 2022 it's super bowl sunday you know i was i was I wasn't really, I, I, I don't have a lot of interest in the Super Bowl. My team doesn't even come close to making the Super Bowl. But I, th- I felt this, I felt to look at the, the teams, and the, the Rams are tw- were, in the regular season, were 12-5, and five and the Bengals were 10-7, and seven, I think. And I thought, you know, they, these, two, these two teams had multiple losses along the way they lost once, and they lost a second time, they lost a third time, they lost a fourth time, they lost a fifth time, the Bengals lost a sixth time, but you know what, they just kept They just kept going, and because they kept, they wouldn't quit, their, their, their record wasn't perfect, but they wouldn't quit, they just kept playing, they just kept doing their best, and now one of them is going to be the champion, with all those losses on their record, one of them is going to be the champion, and you might say, well, I've got some losses in my life, yeah, but if you just keep playing, if you just keep fighting, you can you can come out a winner, even if you've had some losses along the way. God wants us, God wants us to be winners, but we have to be we have to be determined to just keep going, like Norval Hayes, my, one of my favorite preachers. Norval says talks about people who don't have quitting sense. They don't have they don't have enough they don't, have, they don't know enough to quit. They just keep going. That's the way God wants us to be. You know, Friday, we went to a calling hours for a dear friend of ours who passed away, she was 91, I think she was 91, going to be 92 in in uh, April. Well, we've known her for 46 years. You know, when, when we came to Rome, we for those of you who don't know us, we came to Rome on an Air Force assignment in January of 1976. We thought we were going to be here three or four years and leave. But God had different plans. And he let us... It's kind of, supernaturally, I guess. It's a long story, but I'll I'll tell it. I'll make it longer. No, but. but God led us to a little Methodist church in in Stuben. The pastor was Bob Smallman, and when we went there, we met some people that became lifelong friends. She passed away on Friday. But she was still on fire for God. We knew her for 46 years. This woman was on fire, as much as on fire for God, in her late 80s and early 90s. And eventually she, she had some dementia and she had a lot of physical problems and she wasn't quite the same. But she would call us up. She'd call us up and say, Sue, Ned, Midgey, you got, you, got to, you got to watch this program. you got to watch, she, she'd watch Christian TV. She'd watch all these different ministries. She'd call us, she'd call us and say, you got to watch, this is really good, you've got to watch it. And she'd been, on fire, she'd been on fire for God for, for, for years and years and years and years. And she was a strong Christian. She was a, but that's the way God wants us to be. God wants us to be strong for decades, our whole life. We go out, we go out on fire for God as much as we ever were. Strong in the Lord and the power of his might. The, the card, the card that you get. A... Oh, you know they pass all these little cards at calling hours? This, oh, I don't have it with me. It says, Midgey's asking. I heard the card says, it's got a picture on it. It says, Midgey's asking, are you saved? If, you, if you're not sure, pray this prayer. It's right on there. She's amazing. But that's the way God wants us to be. God wants us to be strong all the days of our life. To fight to win. To not get defeated. I, I don't know why I feel like saying this, but I do. The pastor of that church was Bob Smallman. I don't know if anybody remember Pastor Bob Smallman. Oh, bless you! And when we went, we went to this little church in Stuben, and they had Sunday school for the kids, but the parents were just just kind of wait. The parents would just wait for the for their kids and drive them home. And I, I, we started going there, and I I just gotten saved before we came to Rome. So I've been I've been saved like three couple months, and the Spirit of God got on me. Said, go ask that. Pastor. He said, you need to, you need to ask that pastor if you can teach the adults Sunday school while their kids are in Sunday school. And I thought, I've been saved three months. Well, I don't, I can't be a teacher. I can't do. I, I don't even know the word, let alone teach it. But I, but God tell you, God was on me. Do you, you ever have? Do you ever have that happen to you where God just? It's like He sits on you, and you have you have to do it to get this to get rid of this pressure. That's happened to me three times in my life, where God just, it's like he put this pressure on me and made, made it so uncomfortable for me that I had to do it in order to get rid of the pressure. So I called him up. I said, Pastor Bob, can I come, can I come see you? I went to see him. I said, uh, you know, in Stuban, the, the, when the kids have Sunday school, the adults have nothing. Uh, I was wondering if, if, wanted, if I could teach the adults Sunday school and I was just kind of waiting for him to laugh because I was such a new Christian. And you know what he said? Praise the Lord. I said, oh, brother, now I've got to do it. So I'd, I'd listen to, we were, we were really into the word of faith back then. I'd listen to Copeland. I'd listen to Hagan. I'd take notes, and I just would regurgitate whatever they said. I wasn't even sure what I was saying, but it sounded good, so I'd let it go. But you know what? We sang that song, you have called me, I will answer. I don't know why God called me, but he did. And I'm going I'm to be on fire. I'm determined. I'm going to fight until I go home to be with the Lord. I'm going to fight for everything that's mine, rightfully mine. God wants us to be strong in the Lord. God wants us to be, uh, God wants us to persevere, to endure. When the hardships of life come, we, we tackle them in Jesus' name. We go after them. We don't buckle. We don't turn away. We don't run the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, endure hardship with me like a good soldier. In Romans chapter 5, the Apostle Apostle Paul wrote to the Roman Christians, he said, tribulation brings about perseverance and perseverance, proven character. Do you want to have proven character? There's only one way, hallelujah. And in James chapter 1, there's a similar thought. It says the testing of our faith produces endurance so that we are supposed to let, and we are supposed to let endurance have its perfect work so we'll be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And Hebrews chapter 12 encourages us to run the race with patience that's set before you, endurance that is set before you. God wants us to be winners, not losers. There's an old saying that says, quitters never win and winners never quit. And I pray that for everyone here today. Every one of us will be winners because we won't quit. It may be a struggle. The struggle may go on for quite some time, but we're just going to keep fighting. We're never going to give up. We're never going to give in. We're going to keep doing what God wants us to do and come out victorious on the other side. Somebody say amen. Praise God. Father, I pray for everyone here that there will be a determination within us to fight for what's rightfully ours. To persevere, to endure when hardships and trials come, not to get into self-pity, not to, to, not, to, not to throw up our hands and quit, but to count on you, to rely on your spirit, to come through winners, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. Our prayer is that your life be enriched through the power of God's Word and that you be filled with His love and strength as you daily serve Him. To learn more about our service times and our ministry and how it is that you can partner with us, visit us online today at romechristiancenter.com.